we're starting a series called I Love My Church. I just want to be very transparent with you that I think that the local church properly done is the greatest health community in the world. I think it's the place where the lonely and the brokenhearted and people like you and I that are living our lives in real time, and I, like, I wish we'd all say this, we're all bozos in the boat. Uh, none of us have uh, holes in our hand, and the guy that did left the church. He shot himself through the hand with a, with a gun, and he had a hole in his hand. But the rest of us, we don't have marks of being crucified. We didn't hang on the cross. So we're learners together. And I don't know about you, but I make lots of mistakes. Do you? How many have sinned one or more times during your life? One or more. Okay. So we make mistakes, and we need we need a place that's healthy where we can grow together. And I believe that God, when he designed his church, he designed it in such a way that it brings optimal results from the optimal number of people. And we're going to talk about the society and some of the ills of simulated life and simulated action as compared to real life and real action. So today we're going to be talking about that we are better together as we're planted, you know, in God's house. Let me read my introduction here. Through media sources like movies, video games, social media, which would be like Instagram, uh, Facebook, uh, uh, MySpace, that was an older one, different ones. Through social media and television, we can receive the emotional stimulation of real life. Initially, these tools can bring a realm of comfort and immediate gratification. Long term, the satisfaction evaporates because it's based on make-believe and simulated reality. Trust me, some people will continue to, to try to reach the high of those initial adrenal rushes, and some will never find their way back into the real world. There are guys that are so addicted to gaming that men in their 40s, some, some young men have never married. They're so addicted to gaming. Guys in their 40s wearing diapers, it depends, into their gaming room because they're not going to take a time to stop and go to the bathroom. I don't know about you, but, but where I was raised, that's kind of weird. Some of you guys are going... Now you tell me. Well, all I can hope is you changed your depends before you got here today. Simulated reality. Do I like smartphones? I do. Do I like internet? I do. Being able to communicate with missions. The other day I was talking to Toronto, Canada. A few days before that, I was talking to Nigeria with WhatsApp, which is a small communication app. And it's great. Crystal clear communication for the price of your, your rent. But on the, on the heels, see, everything, every cause has a result and an effect. So when you, when you move into an area, realize there's going to be an effect of, of certain things. And so as our society has gotten more into practice life, we're, we're going to go to war just in practice in a basement. We're going to talk to people and we're going to sell ourselves in a way that may not even be real. We had a situation years ago where a young girl in our church decided that she picked out an older girl and put her picture on social media and a kid from Portland was pretty much trying to connect with this woman and we finally got on the phone we said Jack you better back off the girl that you're communicating with is 12 he apologized it's so easy to be somebody you're not when you're not being real Online dating, at best, should bring people face-to-face -face where they can actually take more time and get to know each other. If it never leads to meeting face-to-face, -face, it's failed. So we see that society 
is moving into uh, simulated this and that, and it brings despair with time. These troubling social norms are finding their way into the church. Some people only watch church online or through internet videos of teaching or worship. Some people wander about various churches, never settling down. Once again, it can initially be pleasing and satisfying, but grows distasteful and ineffective without the personal committed relationship with other worshipers and followers of Christ. Now let's talk about the fallout of, the, of uh, all of the simulated realities that are going on. I would, you know, I've, I've had enough profiles of many of the mass killers, serial killers. Yesterday, uh, a guy stepped into El Paso, which was rated as the, one of the safest cities in, in, in the world and in the U.S., El Paso, Texas, right across the border from one of the most dangerous in the world, Ciudad Juarez in Mexico. And a guy walks into Walmart, young guy, somewhere 19 to 21 years old, and mows down 20 people killed. Here's the profile of many of these, these people. They're usually isolated. They're feeding on websites that encourage suicide and violence. They, they, they have no community. Many times they had no father and family that raised them. They're, they're de delusional and they decide I'm gonna go down and I'm going to make an impression while I go. So it's almost like police-assisted suicide. And so the idea is I'll, I'll take down a bunch of people. If I get shot, so be it. If not, how can life be much different? They're isolated. They have no community. So our society says, well, we need to, we need to put it on guns. Well, the problem is crime rate and death and murder rates increasing dramatically in London, England from knifings. How many of you know that people that don't have any raising, they don't have any community, they don't have any connectedness, they don't have anybody helping them to be healthy? I mean, I just can't tell enough young people that I love them. And that's the purpose of this next week. 300-some kids from 100 from Joy and... 200 and some from other churches. What's the purpose? We don't know where these kids come from, but I know one thing, that when, when, when a baby is born, God said there's a future. And every person that's born of Adam, there's also Father in heaven that's saying, may they be born again. If you're born under Adam, then you will die in test day. You'll die without a testimony of God and go to an eternity without God. But the goal of God is that every person that's on the earth would have the ability to know God and grope for him and reach him, though he's not far from any one of us, so that they can be brought into familia, family. God sets the solitary family, and that's the purpose of the local church. And many times people are saying, well, man, <laughs> I've got a Kindle Fire. I've got an iPad. I've got a Lenovo mini computer. And I can, I can hear some great preachers. I want to tell you something. There's some great preachers online. Stephen Furtick, uh, Levi Lesko, uh, Craig Rochelle, Rick Warren. I could, I could probably list a great number of, of, of great preachers that you can hear online. And then there's <coughs> Steve Schmelzer from Joy Church Medford. Everything I've ever done is online, and I've had up to 30 hits a year. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. It's incredible. You know, it's kind of like when I showed up with my harmonica at a music event wearing a beeper. Yeah, I know someone's going to call me. I'm going to get a gig. Uh, there are great online opportunities for teaching and worship. The problem is when your tranny goes out up on the side of Mount, uh, you know, Mount Ashland 
and you don't have any money, and you don't have AAA, but you do have a connect group. I remember, Jamie remembers the time it was at Christmas holiday, and Skyler calls me, hey, Dad, you have AAA, don't you? Yeah. I need help. What'd you do this time? Well, Jamie and I were at Penny's or someplace, and we locked our key. So after I called them morons and other names, I said, sure, I'll be down. And with my AAA card, we, we got a guy, popped it open. How many of you know that there's so much in real time that happens when you're connected? Now, people are trying to find community in their, their public schools. Maybe, maybe the special sports bar where all the Giants fans are gathered together. But I'll tell you something, it breaks down. One guy told me, he said, you know, my, my church of choice is, is uh, AA meetings. And I asked him, first name is Eddie. I said, Eddie, I want to ask you a question. How many people were prevented from becoming alcoholics by AA? He said, none. I said, but AA helps them get free, right? Yep. I said, the local church, we not only help people get free, but we help them to never get started. That's why the church is so much better. And so many churches have within their own church celebrate recovery. We have Solid Rock Road and, and, and a great team doing that. But let me just say this. Do, do, do you want to wait till your kids get hooked on crack and then we'll try to deliver them? Or should we raise our babies together to never do the drug event? Never do the drunkenness event. Never do the immorality event. I kind of vote for that. All things considered. So we need to look at this. Um, in church, can we find alternate? I just watch online. Yeah, but what about when you really, really, really need a friend? Sometimes a prayer line doesn't, isn't the same as having someone right there. You're abandoned. Your husband decided to quit loving you. You still love him with all your heart. It's nice to have sisters in the Lord and people to just hug you, cry with you. And sometimes it's good to hear that your friends want to kill your husband. This makes me so mad. I want to go kill him myself right now. I've said that so many times. And people, you're the best pastor in the world. I am. I'll kill for you. Okay. Take this off the tape. We sometimes need a hug. We need it in real time. I don't need a postcard. Thank you for your donation. We, the corporate megachurch, <laughs> prays for you. Really? Do you really pray for me as much as I know that someone does here? And so we see that the New Testament church, and we're going to read some scriptures from Acts chapter 2, but the New Testament church was a they and us gathering. As I read from Acts chapter 2, about six verses, five or six verses here, um, I want you to catch how many plural usages of things like they and themselves and their because today the trend is, you know, my spirituality is my own business. No, it's not your business. The two greatest commands in the world were, hey, I want you to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love everybody else with all your strength. I don't know about you, but that means that, doggone it, all of you have a piece of me. I can't hear you call and crying going through life struggles, <coughs> and write it off. Hey, it sucks to be you. <laughs> nope. When you love people, as that prophecy came today, you're willing to get in the mess. I'll get in the mud with you. I love what Rick Warren says about Jesus. How much did God love you? So much, he'd rather die than live without you. Yeah. The cross was a huge embrace to hug the lost and the unshepherded and unpastored people. So we see that the two great commandments are, hey, have that vertical alignment. 
Spend some time in solitude. Get close to God. But when you come out, you better come out hugging. You better come out trying to drain the swamp of dysfunctionalism. Let other humans actually talk to you. Who are you to talk to me? Another fallen child. Another son of Adam that has found life in Jesus Christ. And we're all bozos in the boat. And nobody here is above having people speak into their life. Including me. Oh my, Margaret, should we have come to this church? I'm not sure if this was a wise choice today. <laughs> I've got many personalities. You'll find one you like. Just, just, just hold your chair. Us and they. Let's read the scripture. And they devoted themselves. Let me just say this. I like all in. I, 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 I have given so much business over the years to Dick's Towing, uh, Maynard, uh, Hadley, Maynard Hadley Towing. You know what I love about those guys? Every time I've called them when I did something stupid, they show up with equipment. Could you imagine having a tow truck guy? I get nervous when the tow truck is, is in the ditch. You're not supposed to be there. You're supposed to be up so I can do that. And you pull me out. How many of you like your doctor to be all in? I'm kind of committed to medicine, not a guy like, well, you know, it was between this and, uh, you know, doing something different. <laughs> well, how committed are you to being a doctor? I like all in. The early church was all in. These weren't casual worshipers. And they devoted themselves to various things, to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together, and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number, day by day, those who are being saved. Let me just say this. I don't worry about church growth at joy, because I can tell you it's automatic if we, just, if we just do what the Bible says. If we just love God voraciously, why would we be motivated to witness to a lost person? Because they're on their way to hell. I don't know about you. I'm not excited about friends and family going to hell. Hell's worse than a bad weekend. It's an eternity of them. That's why I'm compelled to witness on planes, in airports, at Walmart, at my house, we're having a leadership meeting and three Mormon girls came by. You know what we did? Come on in, girls. Have some food. They're sitting there. They spent probably 40 minutes just listening. I thought, you know, God, you're good. That's a lot better than saying, I don't know if I really received Brigham Young and Joseph Smith myself. How about you expose someone to the presence of God? I could see their eyes lit up. This was new. Why did you let them in? Because, because there's only one hell. There's not like hell one, two, three through five. Lost people need to feel the love of people who say, hey, come follow me. Some friends of mine, we're just going to have some coffee. And well, I'd go at, you know, Absolutely, I don't have any money. Well, we, I do. And if you're with Johnny, he has people, Starbucks, they're always giving him stuff. I hate Johnny for that. <laughs> Come. I'll take care of you. Hey, guys. Hey, girls. Depending on what connect group you're in. I want you to meet Lucy or Robbie or whoever. Wow. One believer is powerful. How about a bunch of us all loving Jesus together? Bring someone into the community. So the, the, the early church was very much a we, we and they, seeking God. 
They didn't see their, they didn't see that their, their faith was isolated. And in fact, you didn't even switch churches without a note. When, 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 when uh, Apollos, who was very gifted and eloquent, when he was going to go from Ephesus in Turkey down to southern Greece, they sent letters of recommendation. They, Paul and the guy said, hey, Apollos is fired up dude. He's been with us. We clear him. We say he's a good guy. So we ask you to receive him. Today, it's like, man, you'll have people quit a church, and two years later, you find out that, didn't I used to see you at Joy? Yeah, I just quit coming. Oh, could you imagine if someone said, man, I quit breathing for two, two years? Being a part of God's fellowship to me is the same as saying I took two years of praying. I can't take two years off of praying. I can't take two years. Could you imagine if I, one day Kim goes, where's Steve? Two years later, I come back and go, yeah, I need a little space. She's Sicilian, I'm dead. <laughs> we need to be really serious about the planting of the Lord when it comes to together. There's some benefits of being planted in, 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 in local church. One is, when you're planted, you can actually become family. Psalm 68.6 says, God settles the solitary in a home. He leads out the prisoners to prosperity, but the rebellious dwell in a parched land. Another benefit of being planted in God's house is we are not alone. When Paul was giving that famous um, challenge to Timothy, don't let anyone despise your, your youth, he put so many phrases in there that say, by the way, everybody's watching you. He says stuff like, set the believers an example in speech, in conduct. In other words, show what you can do in front of the home team. Yeah. I, I like this Michael McDonald song that was written by him and Carly Simon goes, you know, you don't have to prove to me you're beautiful to strangers. I've got loving eyes of my own. You belong to me, you know. It just sounded like, like Carly, closer than Michael. But uh, <laughs> you don't have to prove to me you're beautiful to strangers. I've got loving eyes of my own. There's nothing to me like leaning over the fence and watching. One of them that happened was a couple weeks ago when Melanie spoke. I'm telling you, my buttons nearly broke. I just wanted to go, she's a Zoe girl. She's an armor bearer. She went through our program. You want to be able to speak like that? You better come in too. Yeah. I wasn't that arrogant and nasty. But I know that many churches wouldn't let a woman teach. Hello? But here was Melanie from you know, diapers on up in this church and she's up as mature woman of God and she was just speaking fire. It was awesome. Male and female created he them. I think we're all leaning on the edge of our seat. But what happens? What would have happened if Melanie had been to like 14 different churches? Who, who would be able to say, wow, we saw her grow up. Some of you, many of you, really have uh, been gracious to my children, and, and you've seen them grow up. And the one that's blown us all away is Johnny. We didn't know how he was going to come out. And <laughs> that was last week. And uh, <laughs> yet I think that, you know, when we see Johnny get a speaking engagement and we see other youth groups and stuff receiving training, uh, we have pride. That's one of our guys. When Aaron planted in Grants Pass and it's taken off, that's one of our guys. We're proud of him. Jamie, what an amazing woman of God. Barry's a husband and says, let's get on with it. And she loved, she loved Jerry. She told me, she said, Steve, I'm not lonely for a guy. I'm just lonely for Jerry. And the best thing I can do is just win souls. So she's in, in, in Baja, raising up leaders. 
Let your progress, Timothy, be observed by all. I've got a great story that I don't have time to tell. Now you're wondering what it is. I'll give you a brief... I got swayed to to get ordained by just a paper factory. Right before we got sent out to plant Medford, this older guy persuaded me, you need to go get ordained. You really should be. And I went down to Harrisburg, and Kim and I and this group of people who were fine people laid their hands, and we got an ordination. When we were driving back to Portland, I felt like someone that had committed adultery because that, they weren't my peers. And then when, when I was sent out from Bible Temple to plant a church, Pastor Iverson, I want you to prove your ministry. When you gather 25 to 50 people, let me know. And he said, I'll bring you up and ordain you. So the one ordination was like, er, hi, this is my girlfriend, er, Lisa. <laughs> How committed are you to this girl? How committed are you? And I felt that I knew better. And when my brother said, approved, gunk, that affirmation allowed me to go forth with a lot of power and grace. That's the story I was going to tell you. Is there's so many ways you can do workarounds. Well, I, I, I got a hold of the Worldwide Church of the Fire-Baptized Lutheran Virgin Savior, and uh, they ordained me. Really? Does anybody actually know you? Do they affirm your character? See, when you live in community, everybody sees your home runs, and they see your strikeouts. Everybody sees when you booted the ball. Ask Bill Buckner. But they also see when you work through it. It's scary to be in community, but it's the way God made it. We build a church together. That's one of the benefits. Jesus talked in Matthew 16 and Matthew 18. Matthew 16, he said, I'm going to build this church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. We know that as the universal church. That the church is everywhere. I've gone to a ton of nations and met believers. Similar results. They love Jesus. They become obedient to the faith. They get baptized. They get filled with the Holy Spirit. They move in signs and wonders. There's some beauty to see the power of the church in China and Korea and Southeast Asia and Europe and you name it. Similar experience. That's the universal church. But in Matthew 18, when he's talking about church discipline, he said, hey, if you, have a, if you have a problem locally, because the church is not just a universal. Like, what church do you go to? Uh, I go to all of them in Medford. <laughs> because I'm a special Christian. And I just got too much of God to, get, to settle down. Let me just say why that's wrong. It's like the guy that thinks he's God's gift to women. The best way to be God's gift to all women is to demonstrate to other men, take off your jet pack, get, get your wandering eyes over, commit to one girl, love her until either she or you dies. When I, when I watch my mom say goodbye to my dad, You know, she is still very pretty. Mom, do you ever think you'd ever consider remarrying? She said, I'm still married to Jean Schmelzer. Wow. I think mom, part of what took mom was she was lonely. She knew what it was like to be planted. A 16-year-old girl married an 18-year-old guy. Did they have struggles? Yeah. Did they have problems? Yeah. But every one of us kids saw true love. And it makes me want to have that kind of love. So rather than trying to be flirty, rather than trying to act like God's gift to women, I think a man that's truly God's gift to women will find one woman. 
I think rather than me being all around trying to tell the Baptists what to do and the Lutherans and straighten out the Methodist church, I keep my tail at home. I've got a, I've got a congregation here. Prove in this congregation what healthy looks like. Then if the Baptist guys, and they do sometimes, and different people from different backgrounds and practices get a hold of me, we want to see what you're doing at Joy. Great, come in. We'll share everything we have, but we will not jump the fence and try to manipulate what you're doing. How many understand that this overlay works in families? It works in government. It's the, it's the principle of working in community together. And it takes... The ability to lock and load and get planted. This is why, this is why when, when, when young couples apply to go through call together, we've been criticized about call together. It's like being criticized. You're trying to hand someone the keys to a brand new Mercedes and they want to argue over the Yugo. Call together is so that two young people can determine without stirring up emotions and sensuality, they can determine if God's actually putting this potential together. Why would we have that? Because we're value shoppers. And I don't think a good five-year marriage is anything like a good 60-year marriage. Just saying. So I'm not apologetic (coughs) that we do say, hey, we, we recommend courting, think it's better, especially in the light of the immorality that's out there. We believe that going through call together is good <coughs> and it costs staff hours and volunteer hours. It's a gift. And I will tell you something, there's a lot of people that have no value in, what they, what, what, in anything that's long. They don't value long marriages. They don't value long commitments in local church. They don't value having a spiritual father. At 19 years old, God gave me a spiritual dad, Dick Iverson. <coughs> My other pastors were all tremendous men that loved me and loved God's people. I've never had a bad pastor. But Brother Dick, at 19, he said, I want you to work with him. I buried him last year. But he still, he's in my mind. Well, are you controlled by Dick Iverson? Well, I'm not controlled from the grave, I can tell you that, but I can tell you something. Brother Dick did something that's more powerful than control. It's called influence. And so as I lead the ministry, I think, what, what would Dick do? And I can hear him, you know, well, Steve, you know, <laughs> and the way he would talk. I don't know about you. I want you to fall in love with, be a little romantic about your life. Well, I'm just kind of like, like an animal. What, <laughs> what can I eat, you know, today? How many of you know Christianity should elevate you from bestial behavior? The deepest thinkers, the deepest feelers should be Christians. And when you think about God's construction of family, it's so different than rape and take. The world is rape and take. What can I get in and grab? It's for me. <laughs> Has anybody been in the world right lately? I don't know. I, any, anybody here from America? Sometimes when I talk, people look at me like... Watch people. Listen to their conversation sometime. So many people are not concerned about their own life, much less their kids, their grandkids, and their great-grandkids. If you only think about yourself, you'll never fit in joy. Because the leadership here, we're looking at four generations, minimally. I want to, you know, George is my new son. He's been with us about a year and a half. And I take it seriously. It's a very holy thing. I've got to look at young Corral. And if I love George, I've got to lead him, nurture him, and correct him for his marriage, for his children, his grandchildren. And maybe... When I'm in a flip-top box, he'll say, you know what? There's a guy that knew what it was to be a dad.
And he didn't make it easy, but he did make it valuable. How many of you are flowing? My message is all over. Uh, Natalie is my, my assistant, and she's like just praying, oh, Ave Maria. <laughs> Sometimes it's good just to have someone raw. <laughs> that way you can throw up quickly, you know. <laughs> we grow with healthy leaders in training. Maybe, maybe you don't have a background in church, and, and Natalie helps me because I, I so much think in terms of church that I forget it, that some of you are seekers, and you're kind of looking, at, do I want to join the family? <laughs> Hearing what I say today, you probably don't, but you know, <laughs> on the other hand, you probably do, because there's no parent like God. There's no older brother like, like Jesus that lays his life down that you can be saved. But to get the most out of church... You can't, have, you can't have a restaurant mentality. Well, where should we go today? Chinese, In-N-Out Burger? Uh, shall we wait for a year till Chick-fil-A gets here? That's a good one. Which you wouldn't get it on Sunday, though. Many, many churches have gone to a restaurant model. Joy is a family. Everything makes sense when we deal family to family. That even holding my grandson... I'll tell little Wesley, Wesley, I'm playing for the Amon team. I know your mom is a schmelzer, but, but I've deferred. I'm submitted to Grandpa Tim and your daddy, so you need to be a good Amon. <laughs> is that okay? We grow with healthy leaders in training. Paul said, man, I left you uh, in Crete, Titus, so you could put the things in order and appoint elders in every city. We need good government. We need good, good parents. We need young men to grow up to lead their home. We need women that know how to work with their husband. And you have to either accept or reject the, the, the Bible on roles and relationships. But it's terrible when neither will step up and take the adult position. So everybody's in equal plane in certain houses. It's chaos. No one's actually leading. There's no morality leading it. It's just chaos. I'm very orderly. I want to know on any event, who's the shot caller? I want to walk into a room of, of people, mixed people. I'm looking for the tough guys around. Because if something weird goes on, I want to know who I can say, hey, let's roll. Let's go take care of this. And I think it's important to see, I love it when I see men lead their families in this church and next thing they, they're here and then next thing their kids get married and they have grandkids and, and we roll on to three and four generations. It's awesome. So what, what is the result? The result is that we live together in a thriving, healthy church that changes the world. In Acts chapter 2, they were praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Um, if we could put up slide number 5, I'd like to refer to a study that calls loneliness and isolation a new epidemic that affects almost half, 47% of Americans today. It now is included as a risk for early mortality with risk rates similar to obesity and smoking 15 cigarettes a day, not to mention suicide and depression. What are we finding? What's the portfolio of these guys that are serial killers? Isolated, unrelated, delusional view, and so they go and take matters in their own hand. What's the answer? The society keeps saying, well, we need to take away guns. Did you know that England is trying to license knives? Because there's so many murders with knives in England. But I will tell you something. Nations that put away knives will have to, have to outlaw bricks. Because you can hit someone in the head with a brick and kill them. And people that want to murder will do that. The answer is still the gospel. The answer is you. I'm not talking to somebody in Douglas County right now. I'm talking to you, my friend, my dear brother, my dear sister. You can either build in community or you can help others to be just as isolated 
And maybe your kids won't be the ones with the AK-47 or whatever they roll through. 20 people mowed down in El Paso. Someone said there was another shooting this morning. What is happening is our society is saying isolation with iPhones doesn't cut it. And I want to know what the church is going to do. Going to do. Are we going to treat each other as beast? What can I get from you? Or are we going to join together? Like when Thomas really proclaimed his faith to Jesus. And he reached in, he touched his hands and his side. And he said in the Greek, the Lord of me, the God of me. And I had to do that. Not because someone asked me to, but at 19, I began to be planted in an apostolic family. And I had to say in my mind to Dick and Edie Iverson, your people are my people. Where you go and being a part of MFI and being a part of the brothers, my kids can tell you, I have cried tears. I have fought battles, but I will not walk away from my brothers. Because while we breathe, family is better than anarchy. That's what drew me to God. Was knowing that I was receiving a father that didn't battle depression. And I can tell you that every good thing in my life starts in the house of the Lord. I found brothers that took me in, trained me in the word. My dad was so beautiful because he said, Stephen, I know that that's the direction you're going. He totally supported the training. My dad suffered bitterly from depression, but in this house, he finally broke through his last years. The blue mood, mood, mood was gone. About two weeks before he died, he called all of his kids together and he blessed us all individually and prayed for us. He found freedom in God's house. How many of you out there say, man, it seemed like when I got tuned into God, the good things started rolling in, man. And how many of you that say that can also say, no one offends me like other joy people. Man, everybody at all the other churches are nice. It's you joy people are so nasty. You're the ones I deal with. Have we even lost our concept of what real family is? It's not antiseptic. It's messy. But it's a commitment. Your mess is my mess. I don't want to leave you. Hey, Beth, you know, it was kind of great. There was some groovy times, but you know, you're in, you're in a mess right now and see ya. That's one of my biggest fears. And that's one reason why I reach out. Natalie and I were at Hedrick one day and this, we were watching some event that was going on. I think the guys were playing football and up wandered a kid that lives in the neighborhood and he's just talking to himself. And it was obvious he's disturbed. And I finally stood in front of him. And I engaged him. And I found he's a Christian. He still has a lot of problems. I have people that I love. That I can't speak into their life. But I can still love them. And every time I stop someone that's suffering and they're talking out of their mind, my prayer is, God, dear Jesus, heal through me. Let me be a part of the answer. That's why people come into joy. They go, people are so friendly here. It's because they are. They love you. But it takes a commitment to go through a fight, disappointment, misunderstanding, and still say, hey, forgiveness button pushed, I'm back. Time is up. I'm not done, though. (laughs) Let me just read three points. 
to me, you know, a good sermon, I, I rage, I laugh, I tell bad jokes, I cry, I obsess. It's like every color of emotional thing I've done today, the only thing I haven't done is take a potty break and then come back. <laughs> Number one, can we be spiritually healthy if we're isolated? Number two, can we be spiritually healthy if we are unconnected? Three, can we be spiritually healthy if we are uncommitted? Well, I'm just hanging around joy to see what God has for me here, and then I'm going to roll over and try to use Applegate, and then I'll roll over and try to use, use First Naz. Is there something wrong with that dialogue? Someone that uses everybody is called a user. Someone that puts into someone is called an investor. I believe this church is full of investors. We invest in one another. We invest in God. We're investors, not just consumers. Wow. Let's all stand together. Each week, for those of you who really believe this de declaration, which I'll show you, you have an opportunity to make a declaration with me. Each week there'll be a new declaration and we will go over the last one. We'll say it, it and the new one and there'll be several of them. Let's put the declaration up. Because I love my church, I will commit to show up, step up and speak well of my church community. We didn't tell you that you could never take a vacation. We didn't say that we're gonna add eight new services per week and you need to be there. What this is, it's a hard attitude. Talking to Rick Green and actually hearing Chris Hodges, Chris Hodges, the pastor in Birmingham said, said, I don't know any day in my life I wasn't in church. Said, folks took us to church sick. They figured we'd just throw up on someone else. You say, why is church attendance so much? Because see, isolation is the devil's workshop. Solitude is when I go away to pray. Solitude is a, is a biblical suggestion. But isolation, he that isolates himself seeks his own will. Proverbs 18.1, rages against all sound judgment. When I want to separate from you guys, I don't want to talk to anybody. Everyone's mean. I'm going to go eat worms. That's isolation. By just coming, making a habit. Well, I'm suffering from depression. Be depressed at church. Well, I'm full of anger. Be angry at church. There's a number of them. Right now, there's angry people. They could have been at Burger Wampum by now. I will commit to show up, step up, and speak well of my church community. How many of you say, I could say that one and believe it and mean it? So those of you who can, let's proclaim this together, all together. I will commit to show up, step up, and speak well of my church community. Wow. Doesn't that feel good? That's a lot different than, wow, I went to the restaurant at Joy. Restaurant, you choose the menu. A good family, mom and dad, say, here's what's healthy. And we're going to make favorite stuff. But it'll still be good food. How many of you know you've been added to a family? Not just a restaurant. Let's all bow our head, close our eyes for just one moment. Week after week, people come here and they know that something's really wrong. They feel that there's a hole in their life and... Maybe they even begin to suspect it's God that they're lacking. I really can't imagine how I would live this life without God. I especially want God in my life when it comes to the next life. It's a long time. The Bible tells us that God has done everything he can do to make it so that you can be a part of his family. When you're born, 
Naturally, you're born into the family of Adam. You're human. But in order to be a child of God, you must be born again, which is a spiritual connection. John 3, you must be born again. You must be born from heaven. The way that you receive God, and you go from just being a child of Adam to a child of God, is to call on the name of the Lord. The Bible said, if you'll call on his name, you'll be saved. If you call on his name, you'll not be ashamed. If you call on his name, you will in no wise be cast out. And so week after week, this first service, we had a young man that lifted his hands to join God. I believe there are a number of you here right now that, man, you, you realize you don't want to stay on the same trajectory. You want to be a part of the family of God. And today is that opportunity. All we ask you to do is while our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, just raise your hand and say, preacher, pray for me. I, I need God. I know I need God. Start raising your hands. I'm looking around, looking to see some hands down front, right on. What you're saying is, I need to be saved. I need to have my sins under the blood. I see another hand here. We're all going to pray this prayer of faith to God. And we repeat it together. Mean it in your heart. And uh, then there'll be some instruction on what to do to follow up. Pray this with me, would you all? Dear Father, I need you. I cannot live my life successfully and eternally without, be without becoming a part of your family. Dear Lord, you said if I call on your name, I would be saved. Save me, Lord. I call on your name. You also said, if I would call on your name, I would not be ashamed. Take away the guilt and the shame in my life. I'm sorry for living my life for myself. Today, Lord, I give my life to you. You said if I give my life to you, you will exchange it for your life, which is eternal. Forgive me of my sins. I pray, dear God, if you'll be my father, I'll be your child. If you'll be my God, I'll be your servant. I receive you today, dear father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you all.